Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. You know, the middle of the night, you you get up out of bed and you're, you're longing for a donut and you know there's some extra ones in the kitchen. And if you get into the kitchen right about now, your wife's not going to know that you ate that last donut. And you can wake up in the morning going, I don't know where it went. I went to bed, it was still there. I'm not talking about that kind of walking around in the dark. I'm talking about in your life. I'm talking about the everyday situations when you, you experience the darkness of a lack of hope. The moments in time when you experience the darkness of grief, the darkness of despair or the struggles in life. Maybe it's an addiction for you. Maybe there's something you've been trying to give up for many, many years and it's got you trapped and enslaved. Maybe it's unforgiveness or hurt from a past relationship. Somebody's done you wrong and you find yourself in darkness. You don't really know where to turn. You don't know what to do. That's what I want to talk about for the next few moments, from darkness to light. You see, the Bible tells me in John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, the light shines in darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. You see, the world would have you to believe, Satan, our enemy, would have you to believe that there is no hope. That what you experience right now in your life is the best that it gets. That what you're going through and that hurt and that that struggle and that discouragement, that that's all that you deserve. Darkness. The absence of lights. But the Bible tells me that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. There's a light available for you and you and you and you and for me today. See, Jesus set a course and a path for us. What I want you to know is this. The most important thing that you believe concerning your life is what you believe about God. Now listen to me. The Bible says that one day, Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. The most important thing that you believe about life is what you believe about God. It affects every area, every aspect of your life. It affects how you deal with your past. It affects how you face your future. See, what you believe about God, whether you believe that or not in this moment, it affects how you face your day in and day out activities. The truth of the matter is this. What you believe about God and and what happened that very first Easter morning, it affects every aspect of your life. Many in our culture would have us to believe that it's still Friday. You know what I mean by that? Jesus is dead. He's still in the tomb. There's no hope for tomorrow. There's no way out. 
But I want you to know, here is the good news. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. You see, they tried to crucify Jesus. They tried to put him on a cross. They tried to kill him. They put him in a tomb. They rolled the stone in front. But the Bible says that on the third day, something began to happen. You see, the light began to penetrate the darkness. The world tried to put Jesus in silence. The world tried to extinguish the darkness. But the good news is this. Jesus, on the third day, he rose from the grave. You see, what you believe about God, what you believe about Easter, what you believe about Jesus rising again, it affects every aspect of your life. The Bible tells me in Mark chapter 16, it says, It was early on Sunday morning when Jesus came back to life. From darkness to light. Can I just tell you that that can be your story too? That even though it's not crazy early in the morning, your story could read like this. It was on a Sunday morning that John went from darkness to light. It was on a Sunday morning that Mary went from darkness to light. It was on a Sunday that Matthew went from darkness to light. It was on a Sunday that Francine went from darkness to light. I want you to know that Jesus on this Easter morning has given you an opportunity to move from darkness to light. I don't know what your life is like. But I know the one that is able to take you out of the tomb. I know the one that is able to bring you to the light. The darkness will try all day long to cover you up. Discouragement will come upon your life every single day. Oh, you're not any good. You're not worth it. Oh, that, that struggle that you had when you were a teenager, it's still in your life, and you're really no good. All you are is a liar. All you are is an addict. All you are is a loser. All you are darkness. But the Bible says early on a Sunday morning, Jesus rose from the grave. He went from darkness to light for you. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Jesus conquered death and lifelessness for you and for me. He made available to us something that we can never do on our own. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you're at a place of life that you simply feel defeated. Maybe you've never told anybody that before. Maybe it's a personal struggle on the inside. Maybe you have told everybody about it. You feel like there's no hope. You feel like your world is falling apart. There's nothing holding you together. You feel that all the troubles and the situations and the habits and the addictions and the trials and the sins and the mess-ups and the defeats, they have overwhelmed you and there just is no hope for you. Maybe that's where you feel today. And can I be honest with you? Without Jesus, 
That's where we all are. Without Jesus, there is no hope. The Bible says without Jesus, there's no forgiveness of sins. But it was early on a Sunday morning that the stone was rolled away. That Jesus in that moment conquered the darkness for you. I want you to know today that because Jesus is alive, you are not defeated, but you have victory available to you. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, You have been called out. God has called you out of the darkness. He's called you beyond the darkness into the light. I don't know where you are in life. Maybe you came in and you're trying to hide in the corners, but I want you to know that God sees you where you are and he calls you out. You were never created to remain in the dark. You were never created to be overwhelmed by the struggles and the difficulties and the sorrows of life. But God has called you by name. He's called you out. He sees you where you are. He sees you in the midst of the despair and the discouragement and the doubt and the hopelessness and the brokenness. He sees where you are. He says, do you remember? Do you remember that early on that Sunday morning that I came back to life that I conquered darkness for you? You see, over the last several weeks as a church, we've been talking about the things that we put in Jesus' mouth. You know, the, the words that, that we think that he said, the things that we think maybe will soften our situation or make things a little easier, and then we're finding out what he really said. Well, this morning, I want to look at one of those misquotes and I've heard people oftentimes say this, there is no way out of your dead-end life. Maybe you felt that way. There's no way out of your dead-end life. And I want you to know that that's not the case. Jesus never said that. Many would have us to believe that, that on that Friday, what we call Good Friday, that on that Friday when Jesus went to the grave, when Jesus was crucified, that all hope was lost. And because of that, there's no hope. There's no way out. It's a dead-end road. Lifeless road. Destination. Darkness. But you see, Jesus said just the opposite. He said there is hope. There is a way out. You're not trapped in the darkness of despair. But because of the fact that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, there's the game changer. Did, did you hear that? There's the game changer. It would be one thing if Jesus just died and went to the grave. You see, every other false god is still in the grave. But Jesus, as early on a Sunday morning, he, he, he rose from the grave, he conquered death, he conquered darkness for you. You've been given a way out. This morning, I want to take just a few moments, and I want to look at the steps. How do we get out of darkness? In fact, on your outline this morning, there's some fill-in blanks. I would encourage you to take really good notes 
Step number one is this. In order to to create a better life, in order to, to get to a better place, in order to come out of darkness into the light, you have to make a conscious decision to change. You've got to make a willful decision to change. Now, that's hard. Anybody else like to be in control? Not a single one of you are going to admit that today, are you? Okay, okay. One, one by one across the room, I see you confessing. Yes, I love to be in control. We all do. We all love to be in control. And that's why this step is so difficult. Because we want to micromanage our life. We want to make sure that every detail falls right into place. We want to make sure that, that we've got it all figured out all along the way. But here's the deal. If we truly wish and truly desire to move out of darkness into light, we have to make a conscious decision to change. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to change? You see, if you have no desire to change, then you won't. Do you really want to stay in that darkness that's defining you as a person. You know, all that junk of life that leaves you hindered, all that stuff that keeps you held back. Now, do you remember that when Jesus died on the cross, there were two criminals? Now, maybe this is a new story to you. Let me kind of help you understand it. The day that Jesus was crucified, there were two criminals, one on either side of him. And the Bible tells me that these weren't really good guys. In fact, uh, not only were they robbers, but they were robbers with force. And what does that mean? That means that these guys not only stole from you, but they had no problem with harming you. And one commentary that I was reading says they even had no problem with killing you. These were bad guys, both of them equally deserving death. They were equally deserving the punishment that they were facing that day. But in that moment, as they hung on a cross either side of Jesus, in that moment they had a decision to make. Will I remain in darkness? Will I remain consumed by the life that I have lived? Or will I move from darkness to light? One of them that day chose to remain in darkness. He joined together with all those that were mocking Jesus. He scoffed at Jesus from the side, but the other, the other criminal, he realized the need in his life, and he cried out for mercy. He said, Jesus, remember me today. In other words, in the midst of my darkness, in the midst of my hopeless situation, Will you remember me? Will you turn the light on in my life? And Jesus responded in that moment. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. Today the light will come on in your life. You see, this one criminal, he realized that Jesus was capable of meeting his greatest need more than being rescued in that moment, more than being delivered from that cross. He needed the light. He needed a Savior. He needed Jesus. First John chapter 4 tells me that Jesus came to do just that. To be the light 
of the world. Wow, look at that. Jesus came to be the light of the world. The world's a big place. But here's what I love. The world includes every single one of you. John 3, 16, one of the greatest known scriptures in the Bible, says, for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. Sent Jesus to die on the cross. Whoever believes in him, they won't perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world, that's you. God looked over the course of all time, and he saw you. He called you out of darkness into the lights. That's how much he loves you. Romans chapter 5 says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. What does that mean? That means that while we were still doing dumb things. I heard somebody say the other day, they said, man, I'm really glad that, that cell phones weren't available when I was a teenager because nobody could record all the stupid things we did. Anybody else do really dumb things as teenagers? Right? I feel sorry for teenagers of today. I mean, because they film it, and then they put it all over the internet. And everybody's like, oh, and then it makes one of those fail videos. I would hate to be watching a fail video, and suddenly I'm part of it. You see, we all make dumb choices. We all make stupid mistakes. But the Bible says that while we were still messing up, while we were still in the darkness, while we were still hindered by all the struggles in life, while we were still letting the hurts of the past consume us, God sent Jesus because he loves us. And then in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, it says this, and because you belong to him, you see, the moment you give your life to Christ, the Bible says you are a new creation. You are adopted. You're grafted into his family. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Sin leads to death. Shortcoming leads to death. And the Bible says every one of us falls short. Every one of us is in need of a Savior. Every one of us needs Jesus. And the good news is that same life-giving power that caused Jesus to rise from the grave early on that Sunday morning is the same power, the same ability, the same anointing, the same God that reached into Jesus and raised him from the grave is the same one that calls out to you and sees you in the midst of your darkness and says, would you come out of the dark into the lights? That's good news. You don't have to stay trapped in the dead in life. Jesus made a way out. On your outline this morning, I gave you a little scale, and it says my life or my need to change, one through ten. I want you to take a moment and, and personally answer that. Don't answer it for your spouse. Don't answer it for your kids. I want you to look at your life, of what's going on inside of you, of, of what you're experiencing. Maybe it's a, a struggle, maybe it's an addiction, but maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's hurts, maybe it's something that you've bottled up, you've pressed it down. 
says, my need to change, one to ten. One is, I don't need to change at all. I'm perfect just the way I am. Ten is, I've got to change everything about me because this is not working. Wherever you are on that scale, would you take a moment, would you identify that? I, I'm not going to collect those at the end of the service. We're not going to rate those and say, okay, we had X amount of people that were at a two and X amount of people that were at a ten. No, this is for you. This is for you to take a moment and identify what's going on in your life. You see, the light in a room can never come on until you make a conscious decision to flip the switch, until you realize there needs to be a change. Oftentimes that happens about 12.30 at night when your wife has rearranged the living room and you're going to get that donut and you're walking through the living room, the lights are out and you stub your toe on the base of the couch. In that moment you realize there needs to be a change. The light needs to come on. You see, some of us are the stubbing of the toe moments. There are those in this room that you are in desperate need of a change. There are those here today that are stuck in the darkness. You're struggling on how to get out. But Jesus has made a way. Jesus has given you a chance today to change the course that you've been traveling. You know the one that's tripped you up time and time again. I want you to know, your past is not in control of you. Your struggle, your addiction, your habits, your relational issues... They are not in control of you. The choice is yours today as to how the end of your life story will be read. Jesus offers new life. See, God looked upon this world. He looked upon millions and millions of people over the course of time. And he called you out and he says, you know what? I love them. I love them despite the shortcomings. I love them despite the struggles. I love them despite the hurts. In fact, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 says, God is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son. Who is that? Jesus. Purchased our freedom with the blood of Jesus and forgave our sins. Now, many translations use a word in this scripture that we oftentimes don't use anymore, and that's the word redemption. To redeem something simply means freedom by purchase. It's been paid for, therefore there is freedom. And, and I want you to know today that Jesus came to redeem you. What Jesus did on the cross of Calvary paid for your freedom once and for all as he hung on the cross. He came to set you free of all those things that have entrapped you and enslaved you, the habits, the hurts, the hang-ups the mess-ups in life. He says, I, I want to set you free. I want to give you a new name. Jesus says, I, I want to give you a purpose. I've got a plan for you. He calls you out of the darkness into the light. See, the very first step in order to, to step into that new light is you have to make a conscious decision to change. And the second thing that I see is this. You must understand that you are not too far gone for God. You are not too far gone for God. The interesting thing about Easter is this. When you look at the primary purpose, 
it did not start as a religious celebration. In fact, Easter is not about religion at all. Did you know that? The purpose of Easter is not for religious people. If you're not particularly a a religious person, if you have little or no religious background, if you really don't feel connected to God, you rarely go to church at all, I want to say to you, congratulations, this day is for you. I really thought that I'd have some people say amen on that, but that's okay. I want you to know that that Jesus did not come for religious people. He couldn't care less about religion. He was only interested in having a relationship with people. Not a bunch of rules, not a bunch of regulations, not a bunch of rituals, but Jesus said it like this, who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick? I'm here inviting outsiders, come on, look at that, Jesus is here inviting outsiders, those that are in the dark, not insiders, an invitation to changed life, changed inside and out. See, Easter is all about Jesus stepping in reaching in, calling out those in darkness and bringing them into the lights. This day is for you. He came for those that are in the dark. It doesn't matter what your religious background is this morning. If I was to ask you, you may say, well, well I'm Catholic, I'm Protestant, I'm Pentecostal, I'm Jewish, I'm Mormon, I'm Baptist, I have no religion at all. I'm non-denominational. I don't even know what any of that means. Whatever that is, Jesus is more interested in a relationship with you than he is a religious title. That's why he came. He came to bring you out of darkness into light. But here's what I've discovered. Jesus gives meaning to life. You may feel like there's no hope in your life. You may feel that you're too far gone, that you've made too many mistakes. You may feel like there's no hope for your tomorrow, that you're so hurt. Bitterness has taken roots. But I want you to know today that Jesus is ready to give meaning to your life. In fact, Colossians chapter 3 says this, Christ, or Jesus, gives meaning to your life. Now, if I was to ask you today, what is the greatest tragedy in life, how would you answer that? Well, many people would say, well, pastor, I think the greatest tragedy is is an individual living life without purpose. But I want you to know that's not the case. Here's what I've discovered. The most tragic part of life It's for an individual to go through life, the entire life, without knowing why they're here. They have no meaning without knowing why they're here on the earth. Unfortunately, most people go through life in darkness, never discovering their purpose, never knowing that God truly loves them. You see, the experience of being alive without a living God is not truly living at all. 
Let me say that again. The experience of being alive without a living God is not true living at all. Jesus wants an encounter with you. John 10.10, Jesus says the thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. For us, the thief is Satan. Satan desires nothing more than to steal from you, to kill you and destroy you. He desires nothing more than to affect your past, your present, and your future. Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came so they can have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. See, the life that Jesus wants to pour into you is so far greater than you ever imagined. You may say, well, pastor, I'm no good. I don't even know why I came to church this morning. I don't deserve to be here. In fact, I messed up on the way to church this morning. I want you to know that Jesus is ready to give you a greater life than you could ever dream of. You see, when Jesus cried out, it is finished, he wasn't throwing in the towel He wasn't telling the Romans around him. He wasn't telling the Jews around him, okay, you win. I give up. I surrender. No, he's saying it is finished. It stands finished. It always will be finished. You see, Jesus won the victory for you. Therefore, the battle has already been won. The Bible says that overwhelming victory is ours. We don't have to face the hurt of the past. We don't have to face the struggles of the future. But we can stand upon the word of God in victory and conquering victory and overwhelming victory. Move from the darkness to the light. You're no longer bound to that addiction or the struggle or the hurt or even the disappointments that you've been carrying for years. It's time to begin to walk the victorious life. First Peter says this, because Jesus was raised from the dead. Are you ready for this? Good news. You are, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. We've been given a brand new life, everything to live for, and that future starts right now. Not only does Jesus give meaning to life, but Jesus offers freedom through grace. Romans chapter 7. We're free to live a new life in the freedom of of God. See, Easter means a lot of things to a lot of people. But the one that stands out to me above all else is wrapped in one single word. Easter is all about grace. A light in the light is all about grace. We just read it. The Bible says we're free to live a a new life in the freedom of God. That's grace. God gives you what you need, not what you deserve. The Bible says that what we deserve is death. For the wages of sin is death. 
That's what the Bible tells us. But he goes on to say, but the free gift of God is eternal life. That's grace. That's grace. Everything you have in this life is because of God's grace. Do me a favor. Everybody take a big, deep breath. That's grace. See, if God didn't want you to take that next breath, your heart would stop immediately. Everything you experience in life is God's grace. Your whole life is owed to Him. Grace is God saying, you know what? I know you messed up on your way to church this morning. I know you messed up last night, but I'm going to give you a second chance, or maybe I'm going to give you a third chance, or a fifth chance, or a 27th chance, or a 126th chance. That's grace. Unmerited favor. But see, you have a choice. You can go the rest of your life living in darkness. You can go the rest of your life pressed down from all the hurts of the past. You can go the rest of your life bound by the struggles in life. Or you can live in the lights. You can give yourself to God. You are free to live a new life. The choice is yours. You can accept it or you can reject it. The choice is yours. But I do need to tell you this, whichever one you choose, you're still going to have struggles. Because the Bible says in this world you'll have problems. Why is that? Because life stinks. It, it does. Life is not always fair. But Jesus went on to say, even though you're going to have troubles in life, here's hope. I've overcome it all. I've conquered it all for you. See, here's the difference. Even though you're going to have struggles no matter what, when you give yourself to Christ, when you step out of the darkness and move into the light, suddenly you have a strength that you never had before. Suddenly there's a hope to hold on to. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, so we're not giving up. Look at your neighbors this morning and say, we're not giving up. Look at the neighbor on the other side. Say, don't give up. We're not giving up. How could we, even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us, right? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without His unfolding grace. It may look like all around me that everything is toppling over. I've got so many branches in my daily life. I've got so many shortcomings, so many ditches, so many struggles, so many rocks and pebbles and debris. Everything looks like it's falling apart. But I want you to know that on the inside of me, where the light truly shines, is <laughs> God's unfolding grace. 
You may have come here this Easter Sunday morning a little tired. You're worn out. You're on the edge. You feel like giving up. Maybe your marriage is struggling and you've tried and you tried and it just isn't getting better. In fact, it's getting worse and you're ready to give up on your marriage. Maybe your job is not working out right and you're ready just to to throw in the towel or you're ready to give up on school. Maybe your, your child isn't really going down the right path and you're ready to give up on them. Maybe you're ready to give up on yourself. You're tired of being discouraged. You're tired of being depressed. You're ready to throw in the towel. Maybe you want to give up on your dreams and your goals and your ambitions. I will say to you this morning, don't do it. Don't give up. But look up. Look to God. Give it to Him. Give in to God. Jesus, cry out, Jesus, I'm going to start living for you today. Jesus, I'm giving my life to you today. Why? Because he's called you out of the darkness. I'm here to tell you that that God's trying to get your attention. He's brought you here for a reason. And I think he's brought you to this service this morning to tell you it's time to stop living in the darkness. I didn't create you to be a darkness dweller. But I've called you out into the light. It's time for you today to begin to live the life that he's created you to live. Jesus died on the cross when he rose from the grave he changed everything for us he changed everything for you you and you for every one of us today and now I want you to know that that he's looking upon you he's calling you out question is, will you respond? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Lord, I pray right now that you will speak across this house. Lord, I believe that there are hundreds of people that you are calling out right now. They're in the darkness. They're experiencing hurts. They're struggling. They're ready to give up. They don't know where to turn. Lord, allow them right now to hear your voice as you call out, as you call them by name. I'm going to ask every one of my prayer partners to come. If you're one of my prayer partners this morning, you've been deemed as a prayer partner, I want you to leave your seats and line the front of the room. Folks, I, I believe that God is about to do something in this room. For some of you, what's going to occur is you're going to well up inside of you all sorts of courage. 
For some of you, you're ready for the change. You're ready to turn on that light. In just a moment, I'm going to ask the worship team to begin to lead us in this song. And if, if God is speaking into your life, I'm going to encourage you to take 30 seconds of insane boldness and leave your seat and let one of my prayer partners pray with you. Would you bow your heads one more time? If you are here and God's speaking to your life, God's calling you out right now, would you raise your hand? Yes. Yes. Is that you? God's about to do something in your life today. God's about to transform you and renew you. God's about to bring you out of that darkness.